We'll uh, begin with a word of prayer. Father, just thank you for just a continued time together. Lord, thank you for all that you pour out, God, all that you've designed, Lord. And as we come before you, Lord, and just humble ourselves, God, repentance in our heart, Lord, with a desire, with a heart to, to follow after Jesus. Lord, thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you for the, the life that we've been given. Father, and I, I just pray, Lord, um, whether it's mountaintop experiences or the valley, that we keep our eyes fixed on the one who saves us all. Thank you for the Christmas season that we're celebrating and this uh, entire series about generosity and how we can look to this Christmas story and see so many examples of it, Lord. So we just lift all this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week um, we talked about uh, generosity and how God gave us the ultimate gift in the giving of himself, right, through the baby Jesus. And so we're going to continue on with that. And the, the second thing I want to draw your attention to today is the giving of our time. And again, it, it just goes hand in hand with the giving of ourself, obviously, um, and just kind of expounding on some of that a little bit in thought uh, to direct, direct with time and how, how uh, what we do with our time matters, you know. Um, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, right? All of us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I look around at people and, man, they just seem way more productive than me. And then sometimes I look around at people and they seem way less productive than me. But at the end of the day, we've all been given the same amount of time to do something with. And as, you know, we use this word stewardship in, in Scripture, you know, as something God has gifted us with is time. And no, no one knows how much more time than we have, you know. Uh, I've, I've always said throughout my years, you know, going to a funeral or, or something along those lines just puts things in perspective real quick. And we've, we've lived a year of perspective, right? Uh, like an ongoing funeral almost, it felt like sometimes of what's important and that time matters and that we don't know how much more we have left of it. And, and so our understanding of the Bible and of Scripture and Jesus and God and all those things, you know, we know time is of the essence. There is an urgency to how we should live. Um, but we also know and trust that all things are in His hands and He has a plan, you know, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, this, uh, this month... Um, in, in my mentorship group, we've been focusing on time and priorities and those kinds of things. And, and it was somewhat comical because uh, it was a huge struggle this month um, to do the work that I was supposed to do with this, <laughs> and even though it was talking about that very thing. Uh, it just was funny, man, I, like just setting aside time uh, to get a few things done. And it kind of caught up to me a little bit. But, you know, I, I shared last week about the older you know, I, I think everybody experiences that. The older you get, the more you realize how, how precious time is and, and those kinds of things. But we, we uh, have been studying Ephesians 5, uh, 15 and 16. And it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And and I, seriously, I've, I've had uh, a lot of this kind of... Um, jotted down for quite some time, and uh, that verse has just been, man, it's just shown up in so many different ways, 
uh, including our, our mentorship thing, and I know I've shared that, but be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. You know, when we think about our time and what we spend it on, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's guilty of wasting time in some capacity at some point. Um, but, you know, he says right there, because the days are evil, and, and we know there's this thing going on in the world, and it's, you know, it try, I believe it tries to rob us of our time. When I think about Satan, and the Bible describes him, right? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. What better thing to steal than one of the most precious gifts God's ever given us is time. And everybody has their thing, right, that they get wrapped up in, in, in the busyness. It's all, it all doesn't appear as evil always, and it's all not always evil. You know, when we look at the Great Commission and, and Jesus says, go and make disciples, you know, when we really dig into that, it's, you know, as you're going, as you're living your life, be intentional with your time and be intentional with your life, right? To invest in others for the sake of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God and their own salvation and all those things are so important. But yet daily we wrestle with things that steal our time and take our time and make us busy that maybe, maybe it just doesn't have a kingdom impact. Maybe it's just something else to entertain or to distract or, or whatever, fill in the blank. Um, because we are called to redeem our time and to live wise with it. Um, one of the things we've really been focusing on over the last month is calendaring and journaling. And, uh, you know, I've had this conversation with TJ. I, it's one of those things that's funny, like the, the, more, the more you set aside some time to get everything in order, the more productive you are. You know, and it seems counterproductive to sit down for an hour or two and really line out your week, right? Because that's an hour or two you can't get back. But then when you do that, your week is more organized and you actually end up accomplishing more, right? And so that's just a practical side of this, like sitting down and taking the time uh, to plan. Over 50 years ago, Andy Williams described Christmas as the most wonderful time of the year. Is it? I hope so, but if we're honest, you know, a lot of times that doesn't come to fruition until Christmas morning, right? The rest of it is, ah, you know, I got to get, and there's not enough time, and I got to say, I can't say yes to this party because I have this party booked, and I, you know, and there's just all this stuff a lot of times. And instead of being a wonderful time, it's a just crazy busy time, you know? And it's hard to not get caught up in it all. It's very, very difficult and sometimes we just get too busy to really give our time away, to be generous with our time. So our key verse today is going to be Mark 1, uh, 35 through 39. Mark 1, 35 through 39. This isn't in the Christmas story, um, but I thought it very fitting uh, to, to what we're going to be digging into today. And then we'll ref reflect back on, on what we were seeing in the Christmas story a little bit. It says in verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, then let's go somewhere else to the nearby village so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving 
out demons. Uh, what an interesting passage. So to be generous with our time, you know, we're, we always hinge on this, right? The most important thing is that time with God. And it's just like I was talking about calendaring and journaling and those kinds of things. If you don't put the right thing in the right order, then you end up being off, right? It's not that you don't accomplish anything or that nothing works out, but our effectiveness, right, is a lot more powerful when we're doing things that we're supposed to be doing. And we cannot ever substitute our time alone with God. We just can't. I'll say that in every sermon I ever preach because we can't. If we do the things after that, um, they're either not as powerful as they should be or they're in vain sometimes or, you know, fill in the blank. If I'm neglecting my relationship with the Father, then what am I really doing at the end of the day? Because Jesus said that was first. Love God with everything you got. And that's done in the context of relationship. And so the time with God is of the utmost importance. It's the whole essence behind tithing, right? We, we tag tithing with money a lot of times. But first fruits, we're supposed to give God our first fruits. I believe in everything, our time. Over the years, I've talked to a lot of people. Everybody's not a morning person. I'm married to one. She's not a morning person. I am. She wants to punch me in the face sometimes. Because I'm like, woohoo, it's five o'clock. What serious discussion do you want to have? <laughs> that never goes over well, ever. I know we're all not the same in, in what time we wake up, but I do think we all need to be in the same mindset early in the morning to just give God our time, some point, some way to give God our time, to get our day in order. Because I don't know about you, I, I, you know, you probably experienced it, but you just run out the door because your schedule demands it. You woke up late, you're rushing, you know, all the things that happen because of that. And before you know it, it's dinner time and, and you've not spoken to the Lord one time today. You've not read one ounce of scripture. Sometimes days go by, sometimes a week, sometimes a month. It happens. It's probably happened to all of us at some point. We have, to, we have to give God our time. It has to be first fruits. I read this quote. I don't know who said it, but I thought it was awesome. The secret to life is a life of secret. What you do in the darkness, just think about that for a second. What you do in the darkness when no one's looking. Jesus was up praying in a solitary place. What are you doing in the darkness when no one's looking? Because it's going to have a profound impact on all the things that people see. A profound impact. The secret to life is a life of secret. Making sure we're doing the things that are important when no one's looking. And it helps develop who we are, the thing that everyone sees. So giving God our first fruits, you know, again, just absolutely non-negotiable. That has to come first in what we're doing. The second one is something I struggle with big time in ministry. Uh, I don't know about you in life, but when to say yes and when to say no. Um, in my job in particular, everything seems good. It is good, you know? Like everything I'm ever asked to do, it doesn't, it's not some terrible thing, you know, that, I mean, it's a good thing. And it's difficult sometimes to know when to say yes and to know when to say no. And Jesus says, let it be there, right there. Just leave it there. 
Become a person of that. That when you say yes, people can trust it. It's going to happen. When you say no, they know. There's a reason, you know, to let your yes be yes and your no be no. Something has to go sometimes. Because if you don't, if you don't allow God to dictate the time that you have and to own it and to help you plan it, someone's going to take it from you. They're going to take it from you. That's the world we live in. And it's people that love and care about us and they don't mean to do it. I'll tell you something. Uh, over the last month, I was sharing this with Brian. Uh, last week, you know, uh, one of my problems is I don't fill in my calendar. So like, you know, whoever comes up and says, hey, I, I need you on this day to do this. Okay, well, I put it on my calendar. Well, then the next person that asks me, I don't look at the stuff around it. I just see a blank space. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can be there. And then I tell the next person, because I see another blank space, well, yeah, I can be there. And I've been caught so many times not even being able to drive between one appointment and the next because I was so late, because I couldn't get the, give the time to the people I needed to hear, and then I was late for the next people here. I wasn't managing my time well, and when my calendar is blank, I just, sure, I, yeah, I can do that. And I just overcommit, and it's with good intention. I won't finish that thought. Right? We want to, to be there for people. And it's, it, it's a joy to serve. And, and I love that. And I know you do too, because a lot of people in here serve me and help me. But we have to be careful with our time because it easily uh, becomes something that's out of control. And we end up getting in the people pleasing business. And that is not healthy for anyone. Ever. Sure, there's times where it ramps up, man, and you just have to be there. I know that. But that's not a way to live. And man, do we fall guilty to that. So we have to learn to say yes and to say no in love. And just realize that you can't be everything for everybody because you're going to become much of nothing, especially to yourself and to your God. You're going to be run so ragged. You're going to be ineffective for the kingdom of God. And you're going to find yourself, I, I love that uh, uh, image of fighting windmills. That's what you're going to end up doing. Is fighting windmills because you're not working in the places God wants you to be working. You're just saying yes to every little thing that comes your way. And again, it may appear as good, but when you get overwhelmed with busyness, it starts hurting your relationship with God. A lot of times it hurts your family. It's one of the first places we're called to love and minister is at home. You know, Shay's had to get onto me before because I'm doing projects for everyone else and nothing at our house. That's not okay, you know? So we have to learn to say yes and to learn to say no. Um, repurposing our time, if you will. Uh, one, that was one of the things like uh, I think is really good. I've learned from just all the discipleship studying I've done is when you're doing something, when you're working on something, like have a friend over, you know? Maybe it is something you can do by yourself or, or you know, be willing to, to be there. It's, it's you know, kind of one of those where you're killing two birds with one stone kind of thing, you know? I was reading from one of the guys um, that has written some of the material we've studied, and he, he was saying that. He was like, man, in the beginning, I was really struggling, like, because I was trying to create all this space outside of my schedule to disciple men. And he's like, and then I discovered, like, plugging it into my schedule. It's like, hey, I got this lunch thing here. Why don't you join me for lunch? Hey, I'm going over here for this thing. Why don't you join me for that? And then, so he called it repurposing time. And just using the time we have to be more intentional and more effective 
And then maybe, so I'm cleaning out my gutters this week. If anybody wants to talk about the Lord while I do that, come on. We'll talk all kinds of stuff. Gutters. And the third thing I, I wanted to hit on was live today in light of today. You know, the Bible puts a lot of emphasis on being present, living for this day because we're not guaranteed tomorrow, right? It has enough troubles of its own. And we're in this moment right now. And so whoever you're with, whether it's family or friends or, you know, a, a sharing the gospel situation, be present. Be present. Don't have your mind wandering somewhere else, not paying attention, not listening because that's one of the greatest things we can do is listen to someone, you know, and really understand where they're at and where they're coming from and, 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 and to be there to show them that you care and you love them. Um, so live today in light of today. Uh, you know, a lot of times when I, I look in the mirror, this is changing, but I still see a young man, uh, you know, and, and uh, I don't remember who I was talking to. Somebody I was talking to. And I was talking about, man, I was thinking about basketball and just like how it doesn't even seem real who I think of myself, like when I played basketball and what I could do, uh, the boys and I were watching some college basketball on TV the other day. I was like, daddy used to do that. And then I was watching those guys. I was like, maybe I didn't used to do that. Like that hurt. My knees were hurting watching them just land on the floor. You know, they go up and dunk and when they hit, I'm like, Oh, that hurts, you know, but I still see a young man sometimes. And even though uh, I know some of you would call me young, those days are transitioning. They are the gray hairs setting in. I was I was uh, doing my version of shaving, uh, which is get the clippers out and and just trim it back a little. Uh, even though everybody in my family hates that, um, they want me to shave it all off. But I, I trim it back and like when I'm looking in the mirror doing that, I mean there's white hair everywhere, you know. And I'm like, oh my goodness. But but then when I look down the sink, it's still got a reddish brown tint, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but it, it you know it's happening. It just is. It's happening to all of us, right? Every day. And one day our lives are going to be called into account. They are. And I know, guys, I know we have grace and we have mercy and forgiveness and all of those things. But the Bible's really clear. We're still called to, to live this out, to live a life worthy of the calling that Jesus has put on you. I love that sentence. To live a life worthy. You know, so I, I, even though the grace and mercy is there because of my humanness and the fact that there's no way I could save myself, I need Him. Every hour, I need Him. But it's also not an excuse, right? The Bible clearly talks about that. It's not an excuse to just, oh, well, Jesus got my back. I just get to, to just do what I want to do. We are absolutely called to live a certain way, and we're going to be called into an account one day. And on that day, when my strength is failing and the end draws near and my time has come, on that day, what is really going to matter? What is really going to matter? I don't know if you remember, I've, I shared this a long time ago, um, but uh, Jason French, he was a speaker, loved hearing him speak, and uh, he was associated with CIY. We used to take the kids to CIY all the time early in my ministry, and uh, he built himself a coffin and stuck it in his office. <laughs> I just took a job at Cross Plains so I could stare at the cemetery from mine. But he built his own coffin. 
And, I, and I'll never forget what he said about that. And I'll never forget all my years sitting in that office. I would open the blinds and intentionally stare at the cemetery because that's where I'm headed. And I know that's a little bit of a morbid, but it's true. Our life, our days are numbered. And what we do with the time we've been given is a reflection of who God is in our life. And again, we have a generous God and we're called to be generous. And, and I want you to, to be able to give yourself to be a good steward of that time that we've all been allotted. And no one in here knows how much time we have left, each one of us. And are we using it for him? Are we using it the way we're supposed to? And again, that's not just saying yes to everyone. Sometimes it's saying no. And learning to balance that out in our spiritual life because we've been spending time with the Father. We know how to manage our time. Please pray for me in this. Oh my goodness, this has been one of the biggest journeys for me is learning this. I just grew up flying by the seat of my pants. Man, hard habit to, to change. But God calls us to this. God calls me to this. To spend the time with Him and allow Him to help me navigate the time He's given. And on that day, I don't want to have any regrets. And I know you don't either. And when we see Him face to face, man, everything that we invested in, the, the, the world, I mean, the life the world will laugh at, is going to be all that's left. What we did with the time given us. As I think about the Christmas story, the person in that, um, I, you know, I just thought about each of the characters in that, and I know Mary did so much, but Joseph just keeps surfacing for me. You know, the, the, again, I know he didn't carry a baby. I'm not trying to equate that, but like just all the stuff that he went through and the time invested and and uh, taking care of Mary and getting his family to where they needed to go and getting them out of there to somewhere else and just all the things that Joseph gave during that time. I don't know, just that character just keeps kind of popping out to me as I study the Christmas story and digging into all this. And so, you know, not just the Christmas season, but every season, I just really pray that we remember what it's all about and making sure that we're seeking times and space to have intimacy with God, non-negotiable. Because it's out of that overflow that you'll be effective. It's out of that overflow that you'll know how to say yes and to know how to say no. And that it's okay to say no sometimes. In fact, it's healthy and important. But you need God's help in that. Because He may want you somewhere and He may not want you somewhere. And so knowing how to hear His voice because you've been spending time with Him. So we want to hear from him on what really matters and embrace what's really important and reject the things that are just a distraction, even if they look good. And just remembering to live each day as Jesus did. I'm going to reread that scripture and then we'll close with prayer. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus turned off his alarm clock and rolled over and went back to sleep. Jesus was out of coffee, so he went back to sleep. Jesus got up and grabbed the morning newspaper and turned on ESPN. Caught up on the news. Began to do the dishes from the night before. 
No. He left the house. And he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. <laughs> Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else to the nearby village so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. I pray that you are generous with your time and not only generous, that you're allowing God to help you manage it, that you're doing the things that matter, that you're doing the things that are building up the kingdom of God, that you're intentional with your time. You know, like our kids are not going to school next week. Um, they, they shut down uh, the Carroll County school system. And there was a moment when I heard that of, you know, like, <laughs> but then trying to flip it, be like, hey, you know, hey, there's more time for us to invest in them and uh, trying to just make that work, you know, and like, hey, God, this is happening. This is the reality. So what do I do with it? And leaving it in his hands and letting him guide us through that. And so whatever's coming your way uh, during this season, you know, I pray that we can leave it at the Father's feet and allow him to help us be good stewards of what he so richly blessed us with. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you again for your love. Thank you again for your, your plan of sending Jesus. Lord, and I, I know the people of that day, they have, they have been waiting a long, long time. And the crazy thing is they've been waiting so long that some of them still missed it. They still didn't get it. They still didn't see that the Messiah had come. They were busy looking for the wrong thing. God, I pray that we don't do that. Lord, I pray that we don't get too busy, that we don't get distracted, focused on the wrong thing. Help us to seek your kingdom first. Help us to invest in the one relationship that's going to matter above all else, our time with you. Lord, and just let that spill out into how we manage the time with others. Lord, I just pray uh, for your church right now. Pray for this country. I pray for this world. The days are evil. Help us to redeem the time and to live wisely. God, we love you. We thank you for all things. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.